Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I would like to apologize to the 550 uh, nurses and doctors and frontline workers who were in the Scotiabank Arena last night. We had been pushing for weeks uh, that uh, this is something that should happen, and it did. You know, they've been through 15, 16 months of hell. If we had any sway in that, <laughs> I, I want to apologize. You would have been far better just staying at home. <laughs> and really, the, I guess, uh, the, you know, the uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, they did something really nice there and that they, they had them in the building. They didn't have to pay for the tickets. I understand everybody got, like, beer t- uh, coupons and, like, a Leaf jersey. Scotiabank I, uh, gave them all jerseys. Yeah, yeah. They were all found in a garbage bin <laughs> outside of the Scotiabank Arena after well, the game. They're used to just peeling off their PPE yeah, and dropping it in the garbage on their way out of the building. So <laughs> works in this scenario that's, too. That's all the they were wearing masks not because of the <laughs> pandemic, but out of the embarrassment. <laughs> Does a paper bag count? <laughs> At this point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Only the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's just and I, it must be the curse of Harold Ballard or Bill Barocco or something because it makes no sense the way they fold, even when they do make the playoffs, which is rare. And when they do, they fold every time. Yeah, one of the big questions today is, is, is this the worst? Is, is this worse than up 4-1 in the third against Boston? When I guess you only had to hold it for 20 minutes. But mm. in this scenario, you had three games. Mm. To seal the deal. Mm-hmm. You only had to win one of them. And you know what's even more disappointing? Is it looked like last night they just didn't give a crap. Right. It it seemed like a game in November. Well, games five and six both went to overtime. This one never got close. Right. It never seemed like it was close. And, and you're right. Matching intensity. You know, you can understand games five and six. Montreal back against the wall. Mm-hmm. Knowing that they didn't have a game tomorrow if they lost. You could see that intensity. The Leafs, you know, didn't match that no. uh, last night. And I get it. It's tough because, you know, Montreal has all the momentum going into a game seven like that. Uh, I think the Leafs will play this off as injuries having a massive factor, both, you know, the Tavares one, but more importantly, the Muzzin one for game seven, missing one of their top four defensemen. But in the end, I mean, you know, Jack Campbell really took that loss hard. Mm-hmm. He talked about how that was the weakest goal he's ever let in. The worst goal of his life uh, was that first goal to Gallagher right between the legs. Uh, and, you know, I, I wouldn't label this all on him. When when you've got guys like Justin Hall, who had five shots on goal, equaling the number that Marners and Matthews had mm. in that game. Your stars have to come out. In that situation, I think of Zach Hyman, who led the team in shots, and he had a couple of glorious chances, couldn't. Your best player in the series was making minimum wage in the NHL, mm-hmm. and a guy who many thought, including Mike Babcock, passed his best before date in Jason Spezza. And I think if you want to re-sign him now, you're going to have to pay him more because he was fantastic throughout that. And wouldn't that have inspired his younger teammates? Look at what the seniors doing. Why can't we step up? And I don't know. I don't know if it's just inspiration. I mean, the problem for for Martyrs and Matthews is they don't show a lot of emotion mm. at, at all. Like when you know frustration or mm. you know, that really all that excitement either, and, and they didn't show passion. In that game, I don't know. To say they weren't trying is is harsh, but it just 
they without showing that emotion, it didn't. It wasn't a good look. And I think Marner had one of his worst games uh, in that, or one of his worst series, definitely of his life. It was it was really tough. And now he's got to face what everyone hates about the Toronto media and that Toronto market is. You know, you're front and center in it, and you get a lot of sponsors as a result of it. Now you're one of the faces of a franchise that lost it again. You know what might have helped uh, in their cause is if some of them were on a contract year. Because you notice how these players always seem to step up so much better when it's time to re-sign. Because it's all about the uh, the Benjamins. And, of course, yes, Campbell, he played great. But, uh, you know, through the series up until... Of course, it all wrapped up in, in seven. And, it, hell, if it wasn't for him, maybe it would have been over sooner. Uh, the Leafs might have been gone before seven games. But the the old soup was a bit of a broth. Wants <laughs> <laughs> to drown in it now. <laughs> and, and I, is it a curse? I don't know. But yeah. it, but it is, it is something crazy. Like, the Leafs have not won a playoff series in high-definition television. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I don't That's know if they want a Stanley Cup in color either, like, yeah. when you think about it, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, back to 67. No, like, it, it really is insane mm-hmm. uh, how long this has gone on. you got to go back to 2004, the last time they won a playoff series. we got to applaud uh, somebody by the name of Stafford who sent oh, us Mike, a text yeah. this morning. It was just the great... The best line I've read about this playoff run. 550 healthcare workers in the Scotiabank Arena last night, and none of them could stop the Leafs from choking. <laughs> I wanted to mention uh, the passing of, of a couple of people. Um, one, because uh, of something that Ed Asner <clears throat> tweeted, which I just thought was, was so kind of heartfelt, but incredibly sad. And the other... Uh, is uh, about an artist, a singer. A con- I think he's mostly a country singer, a songwriter country singer, who um, had a hit called Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head in the 70s, in the only oh, late 60s, probably, I guess. And the only reason I wanted to mention their passing or his passing is because that song shows up in maybe the original and maybe greatest buddy movie of all time. Mm. In Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. If you've never seen it, and again, it's going back to the late 60s, so many of you probably haven't. Um, it's Robert Redford and Paul Newman at the height of their their talent. And if you like Lethal Weapon and all those kind of movies, this really was the original uh, buddy movie. And it really is probably uh, in my uh, top five movies of all time. B.J. Thomas was his name. He uh, performed or... Uh, I don't think he, he didn't write the song, did he? Uh, Raindrops, no. It was, it was a Burt Bacharach song. But he performed it. But he had other hits. He had hits like Hooked on a Feeling. That's the Uga Chaka song. That's right. He had uh, Hey, Won't You Play Another Somebody Done Somebody Wrong song. Right. I forgot about that one, yeah. Uh, but he also, and I didn't realize this, he wrote the uh, theme song to Growing Pains, As Long As We've Got Each Other. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but, uh, did he sing it? Uh, I, I, you know, probably. Uh, it I sounds like his voice. Yeah, but, probably. Yeah, and I think he did a lot of gospel music after yeah. that as well. Well, he had a lot of coke and drinking problems in the 70s. Right. A lot of these guys found the Lord <laughs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> but uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, have you, have you ever seen it? I think I have, but I don't remember it. Right. So I, it might be one. And we had someone text in earlier said they took you know, the, their boys the, through it, their mm-hmm. kids, and around like seven or eight years old, and it's still held up. So yeah, you know, might be one to go see. You could watch it with the boys for sure. Don't get it confused with Butch Lesbian and the Lot Dance Kid. <laughs> that's 
That's, that's a, thanks for the heads up. That's a whole other movie. <clears throat> I actually have a... a <laughs> Same same kind of idea. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Are they still buddies? Just like in Butch Ca- No. Just like in Butch Cassidy and the uh, Sunday Sh- and both and both movies end bad. Right. So, so. Those aren't raindrops. Bukaki <laughs> no, no. much? Oh. Yeah. No, you don't want to get those movies confused. No, that's for sure. We just took a tribute. To I know. BJ right Thomas. down the Go out the day once, yeah. BJ. So what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> that poor uh, guy. That co- it, Billy Joel, <laughs> why? Why did you do that to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so he uh, he passed away. And, and in thinking of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, it's one of those movies that I've seen so many times that I, you know, I remember uh, tons of, of just the dialogue. And I was just watching now, speaking of somebody remembering tons of dialogue, Emma Stone was on with uh, Jimmy Kimmel, mm. and she has said, and I've heard her say this in the past, that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is like one of her all-time favorite movies. She does the whole airport car rental scene. <laughs> Steve Martin's moment. She recites the whole thing with Jimmy Kimmel off the top of her head. Wow. Gets every, of course, every F-bomb in there. Remembers it all completely. And it reminded me that, like, I've got a, a nephew who can literally sit... And talk through the entire Scarface movie. Can say everybody's line. Wow. Yeah, I got another buddy who could do that with Spinal Tap. He watched it so many times. And I remember seeing Artie Lang, the comedian Artie Lang. He could sit and and recite The Godfather, not just in front of it. He can literally do the whole movie for you. My goodness. Yeah, he was on with it. Well, he was a part of the Howard Stern show for a long time. And they had him do, do chunks of it. He couldn't sit there for three hours. But he literally can take massive, off the top of his head, massive moments of that movie. Now, you've seen Shawshank thousands of times. Well, yeah, if I'm going along with it, I know what but, scene's coming right. up next. But to just be able to recite it, could you imagine? Yeah, I don't think I could do all of that. The Fugitive. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, no. Dr. No? Can you recite all of Dr. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not for Red October. Perhaps, yeah. Maybe, yeah. So, uh, yeah, B.J. Thomas passed away. The other one we wanted to mention, uh, again, an old guy. He was 90, but uh, still great. Gavin McLeod, who the was... Captain. Yeah, The Love Boat, if you uh, remember that show from the 70s. But he was also on The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Now, The Mary Tyler Moore Show was hugely uh, popular in the 70s and spawned a bunch of other shows and was just so well-written and smart for its time and really was was uh, 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 a new show creative in its, its thinking in that it was about a single woman leading her own life, which you just didn't see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back then. So anyhow, I did a big cast. Ed Asner was a part of that cast, and he tweeted out something that I just saw, thought was just very nice but also so sad. He says, My heart is broken. Gavin was my brother. He says, I'll see you in a bit, Gavin, because Ed Asner is not... Uh, he's up there, too. He's up there, too. He says, I'll see you in a bit, Gavin. Betty White, it's just you and me now. Oh. Yeah. I know, I can cry. <laughs> you know what? I should just go watch Butch Lesbian and Lap Dance Kid and not worry about it. Well, have you ever done the drunk texting late at night? Perhaps an ex or some, uh, some person that you're very much interested in? I'm sure there's many of us who have, but I don't think you've ever done this. Guy started drunk texting an aquarium. 
<laughs> okay. There's a, an aquarium in South Carolina, and they have a Ask an Aquarium Educator hotline that you can ask questions about marine life. Okay. If you're intrigued. Well, uh, this dude, late Wednesday night last week, sent seven different texts between about 10.30 and midnight. Uh, he was asking uh, marine biology questions, was very intrigued, and they got back to him on all his questions. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he asked marine biologists all sorts of fascinating things, why seahorses like to grab onto stuff with their tails, why people uh, should only eat oysters in the months ending with R. Yeah, all sorts of intriguing. Wow. Yeah, and they got back and explained it all. So, uh, the, the, he finally did sober up. And he was joking with his wife about it because he said, "Well, at least I wasn't texting another woman." True, you know. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever done the drunk texting, although I've been married for so long. Right, now true. That texting was uh, not around. I remember doing it a couple of times. You up? <laughs> hey, <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I have. I've been. I, I certainly have been guilty of. Uh, Starting a text, and this wouldn't even be necessarily because I was drunk, just with texting, it's interesting because you can start into a conversation and maybe you're having a bit of a disagreement with somebody, you know, a friend or somebody who's, you know, that you would have their number to text with. So it's not like it's just a stranger, but you get, you get into something and then you go, okay, hold on, stop. Yeah. Because... So much can get misstrewed and misunderstood through a text. I was going to say, we were talking earlier about road rage. Like, there's like a text rage, too. Mm -hmm. uh, when you think you read something that, that and you likely read it the wrong way, yep. but because there's just no emotion involved in it. Yep. <laughs> or when you text someone and they, they a long diatribe and they either don't respond or respond with just like one word. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like, <laughs> the rage involved oh, with that. Oh, I know. Yeah, it is true. Drunk texting is fun, though, because afterwards, like the next day, you can wake up and go back and read through it. Very true. It's not like it's just a conversation that you have that you don't remember. It's, it's all there in black and white. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at it going, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> and boy, that didn't autocorrect well. Yeah, and I found, uh, certainly like in texting with Maria, uh, conversations can go downhill very quickly. You know, what started <laughs> off is just have a great day. Yes. All of a sudden spins out of control. And so I've I've had to say, you no, know, just with her, with others, I'm like, okay, I, I think we're at the point now where we need to talk on the phone. Because this is going right. this is going sideways. Yeah. And we're just not understanding one another. You know? <laughs> yeah, like we'll have a conversation about groceries. And mm. Adrian will say like, I, I don't care. We pick up whatever you want. You know, and I read it as, I don't care. <laughs> That's how it goes. Well, or, or she'll say, <laughs> she'll say, I don't care. Get, pick up whatever you want. Right. So you do, and you bring it home, and she goes, That's what we're having? Good love of God. Parents were asked, How long do they think their kids? would be bored outside playing. How many minutes or hours would go by before they were bored? Just playing playing outside just in playing general? Just playing outside. Just doing whatever they want to do. Maybe uh, riding their bike or throwing a ball or playing road hockey. 20 minutes to half hour, something like that? 30 minutes. Yeah. 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 Now, if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, you probably remember your parents 
telling you to shut down the video game and go play outside. And a lot of parents now are blaming just that, the video games, the Twitch, the YouTube, the TikTok, and all the social media. And there's a lot more interesting stuff going on indoors and outdoors. And right. I remember, like, as a kid growing up, and maybe this is, you know, why we wanted to leave our parents' home as quickly as we possibly could, too. It was just boring. There was nothing inside. You know, you had a couple of channels on TV and you had no air conditioning unless you had uh, some wealth uh, behind you. And that inside of the house was just boring. So in the summertime, you couldn't wait to get it outside. And the last thing you wanted to do was be inside. Well, in most households growing up, you know, in our, in our generation, uh, there was only one TV mm-hmm. in the house and you didn't have control of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were the remote. Yeah. But you didn't get to pick what channel you were changing it to. And as much as we want to say our kids are bored outside, you know, they they mirror you. And with all of us as adults and parents, we're so attached to uh, Netflix and indoors and our computer and our phone. You know, none of us are going outside as much as we probably should be. Uh, kids were asked if they could implement the rules at dinner time. So there was a thousand kids between the ages of six and 16. Okay. And they were asked uh, which rules they'd like to implement at dinner. The uh, survey ended up being a rule, a list of rules that they'd like to get rid of more than <laughs> a list of things they'd like to see. All right. Mm, the number one thing kids want removed from the dinner table, you can leave the table and don't have to wait until everyone else is done. Right. They also said dinner should last no more than 30 minutes. Okay. I mean, I remember as a kid, uh, my my dad used to get so mad at us about this. If if something was going on, we were playing road hockey or we're doing something outside, and I wanted to get back to my friends, I had been called in for dinner. I would literally be like half a butt cheek off the chair, yeah, like just piling the food into my face to get to get back outside. And he'd say, "Sit in your chair properly and eat your dinner." And then he'd say, "Get me more ice for my room." <laughs> we we get that now, and the the other side of it too, we get is that. Sometimes they're so excited to, to leave, mm-hmm. they just get up and walk away. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, Slow whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. One, you didn't leave a tip for the server. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if someone's going to come and now pick up your dishes that's right. and move them to the kitchen and into the sink that's and right. do them for you. Lucy was fired. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we would, uh, kids, when asked, these are the rules they'd like to, uh, to implement or see uh, disappear. Yep. They would like to be able to eat in front of the TV if they want to. Yes. They'd like to get to choose how much food goes on their plate. Okay. Uh, So it all depends, too. Like, I know when I was a kid, yeah, my mom used to put out, like, she would separate it all at the counter, and you get your plate already Uh pre-done. Other families just put out bowls and platters. Yeah, we have, have like, the the prison line. (laughs) (laughs) Come come to the counter, and you get your... Slop it on. (laughs) Healthy portion of veggie. Uh Uh-huh. A little bit of meat. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can have whatever you want to drink, including soda. Right. Yeah. Now it's milk for dinner. Uh, Yeah, we were milk people when I was a kid uh, with dinner. Milk or water. Um, You can eat dinner in your pajamas. Well, that's fine. Sure. Yeah, sure. Listen, I mean, most of us don't change out of our pajamas these days. And especially considering that there's going to be a screaming match over dinner and you're going to be sent to your room anyhow. (laughs) You might as well be ready for it. One less step. (laughs) That's right. Ah, this one. Oh, I can't. I, I guess this happens in homes, or maybe not enough, and this is why kids would like it to become a rule. Everyone gets to choose what they want to eat, so separate dinners. Yeah, kids, you try cooking okay, it yeah, then. Yeah, good luck. 
Yeah, you know? not quite the short order cook. We do enough of that with the, with the substituting certain sides oh, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's that's a tough ask. Yeah, uh, they can play their music if they want to. You can have dessert at any point, not just after the meal. Okay. <laughs> the rules, kids Let's would like start to say, with it. Yeah, I'll just have my big piece of uh, cake prior to the dinner. Phones are allowed at the table. Wow. Now, do you guys have a phones uh, off the table rule during uh, meals? Or? Uh, I, I don't know if it's ever been a stated rule, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, it doesn't happen. We do watch TV, though. And this one uh, is, uh, I, I thought of you immediately when right? I read it in the boys. Silverware is optional. You can eat with your hands. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> your boys. That's not a rule, but it happens a lot. <laughs> Just big balls of rice right there oh, in, their, yeah. in their mitt. Well, and just, you know, like last night we were having corn. And mm. Just, okay, shovel it onto your fork <laughs> and then in your mouth. You don't have to follow it with your fist. <laughs> oh, I've seen, yeah, with corn. especially. I remember Daniel or David like eating individual ones at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier if you just shovel it. If you want a spoon, you can knife it onto it. Yeah. Whatever. Just at some point, they're going to have to go eat a meal with uh, with a significant person mm-hmm. in their life that mm-hmm. they're interested in, <laughs> and it's going to be funny. I want video when that happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. It all changes. Kids were also asked uh, who was the best cook. Mom's the best cook. Dads happen to burn things they believe. All right. And uh, if kids could have uh, for dinner every night of the week, their choice would be pizza, burgers, or chicken nuggets. Yes, that's what they want. Get a lot of that. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> if you get angry. Behind the wheel a lot, you might be experiencing accelerousal. Okay. Not road rage, but rather accelerousal. The arousal part makes it seem a little more uh, joyous than <laughs> naughty. Upsetting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, psychologists say arousal is anything that causes stress, so it's not necessarily sexual. And they think accelerousal might be genetic. So your parents might be the reason you're accelerousled. Right. Which makes it even more Freudian. I don't know. I think if you grew up driving in a car with your parents and they were the same kind of way, there's a good chance you will take on those habits as well. Yeah, that's what they believe. Although it's funny because when I drive with my sons, I'm noticing as the years mount, I'm having less and less patience for everybody and everything. And so I mean, you had patience before? I did have some. <laughs> I, I lost it. It fell out of my pocket. And, uh, and so I have to be aware of my, my accelerousal firing up uh, a little too much at times. Right. I mean, I was literally on a road recently uh, from one block to another. Not a big stretch of road. And my anger at the van in front of me went from zero to 100 in like... Whatever this stretch of road would take, 15 seconds, yeah. 20 seconds Why? to get across. What were they doing? Well, he was in front of me, and uh, the light went green, and he took longer than I thought was needed to right. get going through the intersection. Uh-huh. So I gave him a little beep-beep. Not, a, not an angry haul on the horn, just a little, hey, heads up, time to get moving. It's a, I think it's a 80-kilometer stretch of road. All right. He was doing like 50. Okay. Oh, okay. That, so below the speed limit. Way below the speed limit. All right, that's tough. Then we get to the next intersection, which, again, not that far. And, again, he has a problem with the noticing the green light. Now, he could be driving. Uh, like a, a cargo van? Yeah, like, like a cube van? Yeah. Maybe he had very important, delicate right, stuff in yeah. there. But I'm sensing, no, he's probably just on his damn phone <laughs> and not paying attention. But my anger, like, I was furious. 
you know, at this guy, cursing him out. That's the other thing to do with road rage. The things we say about other drivers uh-huh. when we're in the security of our own car. I uh, like many things in my life. Very passive aggressive. <laughs> I have excel passive aggressiveness. I think. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to it, and, and yes, uh, I, I, I've certainly um, mouth things, uh, maybe under my breath or in the car out loud. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm not one to really gesture because I don't <laughs> trust people, and there are too many crazy people yeah, out there. That's true. Uh, I have been known to to maybe do a little bit of tailgating if someone cuts me off or. Squeeze in, squeezes into a space in front of me that I didn't think was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it's interesting, though, how upset we get over things that really affect a millisecond of our lives. Mm. Right? Like, like, as you said, you were probably slowed down for about 15 seconds. Mm. And there's so many times that if you, if you realize, like, you know, you let some person go and they're flying by you, and then you catch them at the light, at the next light, and you feel like a satisfaction mm. in that, right? Mm. But when you're the one pushing, right, you don't see that. And even if you look at the past year in this pandemic, where we've wasted so much time sitting on the couch and doing basically nothing. Like, yeah. I think at the end of all this, I'm going to come out and look around my house and go, boy, I really didn't do much around here Not in thing. the whole year that I had. But yet, you know, being held up 10 seconds, <laughs> and not even that, probably two or three yeah. at a light from a guy who didn't realize that it went green. Yeah. And I'm losing it. No, no, I know. It's, it's, I get really bad. And, and I have to remind myself every now and then, if I'm running late, it's not their fault. Right. Right? Like so many times, like I was angry the other day because I had an appointment. I had to be somewhere by noon, and I left the house a little late. And now, so now this cargo van, I want him in a ditch. Yeah. Because he won't get out of my way. Yeah. But it's my fault I'm late. That happened to me yesterday. I was going golfing. I was going out to Stonehenge. Yeah. And I was, you know, I know it takes about 15 minutes to get there, and I gave myself about 25. Sure. Right. But then you get on the road, and some guy's doing the speed limit. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, here we go. That stretch of, of road course. can be really annoying. Right, yeah. But he is doing the speed limit. Right. Like, technically, nothing he's doing wrong. nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just going. It says go 60. Yeah. He's going 60. But I want to do 90. That's right. And you want his family dead. <laughs> You know, everybody he loves, I want gone. <laughs> A curse on your houses for slowing me down. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.